First John chapter 1, we're going to read from verse 1, and I put the heading on the sermon this morning, The Faithfulness of God in the Face of Sinfulness of Man. The Faithfulness of God in the Face of the Sinfulness of Man. First John chapter 1, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. And uh, you'll see there's a little note there with the our, There are manuscripts also to translate our as your. So we can actually say both of them are correct. If we read it our, we read it as an inclusive our. Or John might write, write to the people to say we want to make your joy complete. This is the message that we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. If we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is, has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. If anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, our righteousness. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. May the Lord help us to understand this reading from his word. The faithful God in the face of sinful sinners. When John starts writing this letter, he starts at the beginning. He says, that which was from the beginning. It is almost as if John now takes us back to the beginning of time. Where God 
the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in their eternal decree decided that they would, as one God and three persons, not leave the world in sin and in darkness. And we know that Christ then came into this world and he introduced a new era, a new beginning. And John says, they were, and he means those, the, the disciples who were with him there, they heard these things. They were witnesses of all these things. He says, our hands have touched, we have looked, we've seen it all happen, we've, we, we, we've touched it, and, and we proclaim to you now what we have seen and heard that you might have fellowship with us. He says, I want you to, to hear this once again so that your joy would be complete. And he writes these things, and uh, if you look at chapter 2, verse 12, 13, 14, he explains over and over again why he writes to the people. He wants to really give them the same joy that he had in knowing Jesus Christ. But there's a problem. There's a problem for us when we as human beings want to have that joy and we try to do it in our own or find it for ourselves, or try to find a secret, as we have these days, there are so many people with secrets, you know. You go for a weekend and you sit with your knees, your legs crossed, and you stare into the nowhere, and you hold your hands up, and you contemplate, and you come back a new person, or something of the kind, you see. Uh, or some people would uh, jog and they would run or they would be on a bicycle for hours and come back and say, I feel so much better now. Or some people would listen to poetry or music or, or they would immerse themselves in a form of art or whatever and they say, I feel so much better. Now let's thank God for these things because it, it is indeed a way in which we can a relax. And it's indeed a way in which we can find some form of, of, of uh, uh, can be renewed in a way. We may take some time off sometimes. We may even practice art and, and do something that really brings the best of us. But the point is, God is light. And there is no darkness at all in him. God is truth. And there's no lie in him at all. And therefore, we cannot make certain claims of what we are unless something wonderful happens from the heart of God. 
We just can't decide, yes, I have fellowship with God. And still have within myself darkness. I can't say that I walk with God and within me there's not much truth. I cannot say that I know something of a relationship and fellowship with God, but I have no idea of how that could be established. Therefore, he, he makes these uh, assumptions and, 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 and conditions, and, and more than one verse, actually one verse after the other, he uses the word if. Verse 6, if we claim. Verse 7, if we walk in the light. Verse 8, if we claim. Verse uh, uh, 9, if we confess our sins. Verse 10, if we claim that we have no sins. Uh, You see all these man-made conditions that we might add to the possibility of having fellowship with God. And he says, you put all these things together and, and we work it out that we actually have a big problem. We cannot just have fellowship with God on our own terms and with what we can bring to it. Because we'll always fall short. For instance, we might say, well, I'm I'm not saying that's what we say, but I've actually met a fellow who said to me one day, I've got a problem with this verse. And I said, so what, what is the problem, sir? And I really looked up to him as someone that I would respect. And he said, you see, the problem with this verse is that it says if we say... We claim that we have not sinned. We made God out to be a liar. And he said, quite honest, I must confess to you this morning, if that is what I have to confess, I've never sinned in my life. And and, and to be quite honest, I I was so blown out of the water with his remark that I didn't have a word at the moment. But there was someone behind me who listened and heard this, and he said, uh, well, then you, at least you've got one thing to confess, because you've just told a lie. Uh, you see, we, we might think, well, we don't need intervention from God, because we can do it else. We can be without sin. And we know that is sin that separates us from God. If we claim we are Without sin, the Bible is very clear, we make him, and it's unfortunate that our translation does not put that in a capital H, him, God, to be a liar. And the truth is not in us. So, you see, that's our problem. God is light. God is truth. God is sinless. God is righteousness. And whatever we can do will never meet that. We've got a problem, don't we? All the ifs, put all the ifs together and you'd say, think of something else and see if you can add something to that. You'll just every time come up with another if. 
But there's a solution to our problem, not because we can bring a solution to our problem. There's a solution to our problem because God knew that we could not do anything to win his righteousness. Therefore, in more than one way, he puts it, if we confess our sins, then God is faithful and and just, and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all righteousness. Now salvation is spelled out there, isn't it? God will forgive us our sins and he will purify us from all unrighteousness. That is our problem, isn't it? Sins and unrighteousness. So how, how then are we saved? When God, in his mercy, through Jesus Christ, gives us forgiveness on account of what Christ did, he cleanses us and he puts in our hearts the righteousness of Christ Jesus. You see, I can put it the other way around because John does that in chapter 2, verse 1. If anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ the righteous one. Why is he the righteous one? Verse 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. He is the atoning sacrifice. And this translation does not do justice to what it really, really says there, because we might just read over it. This atoning sacrifice means that God's wrath in his hatred of sin rested upon us. And there are theologians these days who would like to translate that out of the Bible. That's what it says. Those of you who would have an older translation, you'll find the word propitiation there. And it says that God's judgment and wrath upon sin rested upon Jesus who was perfect in the sacrifice that he brought so that he would meet the righteousness of God. And when that happened, that righteousness became our righteousness if we confess our sins. We have one who speaks on our behalf, in our defense. Someone who died with the wrath of God upon him. Why? Have you forsaken me? And yet, he caught because he he made the perfect sacrifice in righteousness. He could, after that, say, 
in your hands I give my life. Knowing that his father would accept that. It's done. Price is paid. It is finished. And therefore he says in verse 12, I write to you, dear children, because your sins are forgiven on account of his name. I write to you because you have known him who was from the beginning, Jesus Christ. I write to you because you've overcome the evil one. How did they overcome the evil one? In Christ. I write to you because you've known the Father. How do we know the Father? In Christ. I write to you because you're strong. How do they become strong? In Christ. And the word of God lives in you. I write to you, he said, so that your joy may be complete. Today, as we will sit at the table of the Lord, may we understand what it means that we face God in our sinfulness, but God is faithful in his holiness. And we can only do that because of Jesus Christ. He is our righteousness. And if we confess our sins before him, what does he do? He is faithful. Why is he faithful? He is faithful to his son who paid the price. And when we come in the name of the son, trusting in him only, he is faithful to his son to take away that, that evil heart of sin replace that with the heart of that's pure and he gives us the righteousness of Jesus that's what you proclaim when you sit at the table of the Lord you proclaim that's what the Bible says we proclaim that we that Jesus died for us May God give us the grace, the faith, and also the trust to bring to him our sins and our unrighteousness. Let us pray. Father, we know that there's nothing good in ourselves. Indeed, we are born in darkness, we walk in darkness, and we love the lie. That is our nature. But we thank you for the gospel message this morning that from the beginning of time you are faithful and you've made your promises true by giving us your son Jesus Christ and you're faithful to your promises. You're faithful to your son. You're faithful to his righteousness and that you forgive us when we confess our sins. Father, help us to do that with a complete heart. Help us to understand what it cost to be a disciple of Jesus and give us the pure joy of knowing you. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.